we began to talk about radically believing, and uh, we attempted to make two distinctions, or rather a distinction between two kinds of faith. We talk about the human faith, which is the natural faith, which is the faith that is determined by our five senses. What you can see, what you can taste, what you can smell, what you can touch, and what you can uh, fear. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and, and, and just in thinking over that today, it's amazing. It's amazing because we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. With our spirit, we contact God. With our body, we contact the world, the earth, the physical realm. And our soul becomes like a filter through which the spirit of God or the nature of God in us gets to manifest itself and get things done and gets, gets things accomplished. Now, you realize it takes absolutely no effort on your part, on my part, to be in touch with the physical realm. You're driving down the road, you see cars around you, you don't have to say, oh, let me try how to see a car. You see the car, you just recognize this is a car. You see trees. Uh, if you go through an industrial park that has a lot of pollution, the smell comes at you, you smell it. At the point I'm making is, the five senses are a natural default. And they are speaking to us all of the time without any effort whatsoever. The five senses. Even as we sit down here right now, they are talking to you. Amen? So the, the challenge for me and you then is to be able to make that transition to where instead of being bound to the things we see and touch and smell and feel and taste all of the time, that the spiritual realm, our ability to see into the realm of the spirit will become as natural to us as the five senses are. Did I, did I lose you? And that takes discipline. Now, this is what I mean by that. You cannot read the word of God one time, read the verse of scripture once, and say, uh, I can do all things in Christ that strengthens me. You read it one time. And you expect what you read that one time to begin to overcome all of your five senses that you lived with, talked with, slept with, dreamt with for 40 years. Or more. <laughs> Praise God. So, the point I'm making is, we have to become doers of the word. We have to be diligent and consistent in continuing to renew our mind and allow the renewal of our mind to be as real to us as what we see with our eyes and taste with our mouth and feel, touch with our hands and so forth. Do, do you get it? Very, 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 that's really where the rubber meets the road. Now, in Psalms 119, 
Psalms 119, verse 89. Psalms 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord. For how long? Absolutely. Your word is settled in heaven. In other words, there is no argument, no controversy, no debate about the integrity of the word of God in heaven. That's, it's, 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 that's not happening. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It is settled. It is absolutely, completely settled. There's no debate about it. When God says, by his stripes, you were healed, there's no argument in heaven. All heaven says, Amen. Amen. Now, the challenge we have when we, use, when we look at something like healing, for instance, my senses are talking to me. I still feel the pain because you know I can feel. You can touch, taste, feel, see, smell. So I still feel the pain. Wait a minute, I still feel this pain. So the, so the, so, so the pain is talking to me, bank, you are still pained. Well, God is saying, bank, you are healed. So whose word shall we believe? The reality of what I feel now, what I really feel, I, really, I feel the pain, or the word of God. Now, if I, if I believe the word in an instant and nothing happens in that instant, the challenge for us is we back off. The enemy says, well, it didn't work. So you might as well just go to the medicine cabinet and get your pills, your pain medication. Go get it. So you swallow pain medication. <laughs> And then you're back in the same thing over and over and over and over. But I'm saying to us, there is a place where we, come, where we become so radical, so, so radical, to the point where we, are, we, we, we believe that word, we stand upon that word, and we are seen in the realm of, you see it before it happens. You, 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 you see what that word says, you see, because the word is a, is a, is a container. Scriptures, are containers of the intent of God. Amen? Okay. So, we know that God's word is settled. Settled forever in heaven. How does faith come? The faith to believe. Romans 10, 17. Let's go there. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear the word of God or when we read the word of God, what the Bible is telling us is the ability or the faith to do what the word says is containing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember the story of the woman that, was, uh, that had the issue of blood in the scriptures? 
Let, let's go there. I think it's Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, I think. She had the issue of blood, we are told. Yep. No, that's a girl. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark chapter 5. I'm sorry. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she, what, heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So obviously she was moved to come to Jesus. Why? Because she heard something. She heard something about Jesus. And what she heard had within it the ability to inspire the faith in her to believe. And she went. Touched him. And the Bible says even Jesus felt that the virtue went out of him and stopped. Amen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, for our natural senses, we notice there's no effort required to see, to touch, to smell, to taste, or to feel. No efforts whatsoever. No efforts whatsoever. So I believe that what mitigates against the manifestation of of, of, of the things we are looking for is the natural senses that's just telling us that, that the, your reality is not what you think it is going to be. And that's why we fast so we can overcome that, that, that kind of thinking or that kind of mindset. Our minds must be renewed through and by the word of God so that you and I in our soul can align with what the spirit of God already knows and is already done. As I said last night, every born-again believer, already you have the nature of God in you. You are not only saved, you are saved, you have the nature of God in you, and that spirit of God that's in you is totally complete and perfect and holy, and not sick. And every word of God, everything God has said, is in that spirit. It's already there. You have it in you already. We do have it already in us. Now, Second Peter chapter 1. No, no, before we go there, let's go to Matthew 14 to just show you how, yeah, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. Oh, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. 
But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Okay? Uh, verse 29. Verse 29. No, verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You saw what happened? Jesus gave the word, come. In that word come is the power of God to inspire the faith of God in Peter to enable Peter to do what Jesus said to do. Come. He heard it. And as a result of that, Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk. The next verse, what happened? But when he saw, what did he see with his eyes? His natural senses. A minute ago, he was walking on water, unaided. He was walking on water totally, completely because of the word they received. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, now, question. Was the wind not boisterous before it started walking on water? It was. It was. So when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. So what caused fear? What he saw. So what's causing fear for you and I? What we are seeing, what we are tasting, what we are smelling, what we are feeling, what, they are, what people are, when the doctor says, ah, you have 50 years to live. That's, not, that's good news. That's, <laughs> That's not as bad. He could, he could get worse than that, you know. But those doctors, man, they are anointed for bad news. <laughs> they give facts. Okay, but, but truth can overcome facts. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, those guys, man, the, the way they give those facts, my goodness. But anyway, so when a doctor says, this is not good news, you hear that and all of a sudden, if you're not careful, if you're not really uh, st uh, steeped in your spirit, all the scripture, you know, fl flies out of your head. Because all of a sudden, you're focusing on the bad report and not focusing on the word of God that's settled forever. That's what happened to Peter. Jesus says, come. He started walking on water. But, and then he saw, he gave himself to see the circumstances around him. And my word to us tonight is, yes, there are situations that we are faced with. There are circumstances all around us. There are challenges. Life happens, and it, it will continue to happen. We're not going to stop that. But God has given you and I the tool to overcome the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. When you use the faith of the Son of God that is in you already, you will live from victory to victory, from glory to glory, because God has programmed you to succeed. Amen. That is certain. He has programmed us to succeed. Think about it. Genesis 39 verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. What did Joseph need? Only the presence of God. And everywhere else you go in the scriptures and find Jesus' presence, it turned the situation around. Luke chapter 4 comes to mind. 
The disciples have toiled all night fishing. This was seasoned fishermen. They've fished all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus stepped up to their boat and said, cast your net into the deep. Again, again, they could argue with him. Listen, we've done this all night. We caught nothing. Our experience says we caught nothing. Let's just go home. That's the reality of what, that's the fact, as you just said. That's the fact of what just happened. They've, they've, they've fished all night and caught nothing. That's fact. Fact in your life right now could be there's no money. There is no food. Mortgage is threatened. Car is not working well. Children are not behaving. And on and on and on. Those are facts. But at thy word, at thy word, what word? The word that's forever settled. This word was settled before 2015. Before my situation, your situation, before the circumstance occurred, the word had already been and back and settled. At thy word, even though the facts around me does not support what you are saying, I am going to have to ignore my natural senses, the facts that I see on the ground, at thy word. I'm going to launch out. And that's where we ended last night. And this really, I went back home and I just really th thought about that. How many of us, don't raise, up, don't raise up a hand. How many of you left here last night and put some things into action? We've, 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 we've got, we've got, we've got, hey, how do I say this? There has to be corresponding action To what we believe. You just can't say I believe and be in neutral. You saw it with Abraham. Genesis 13. God said, Abraham, arise. Walk the length and breadth of the line. And the Bible says the man picked up his tent and moved. Glory to God. He may have just moved one mile, but he said, God, you know what? I'm going to honor your word. I'm going to move. Listen. From in my life, that's been the case. If I ever hear God, if I ever, if I ever hear God to whisper something, I'm going I'm to launch out. I'd rather be wrong, attempting something for God, than park and sit and do nothing. Absolutely. You will never find out how great this God is by playing safe. Never. That's our challenge. We want to play it safe. Go and ask Noah about it. When God said, being an ark when it had not rained. If he was looking for the court of public opinion, he wouldn't do jack. Because the facts do not bear it right for him to be building an ark when there's no rain. It's never happened. It's never happened. But I'm, I'm daring you tonight that you're going to start putting the word of God in action. Begin to take baby steps and watch what God does. You're trusting God for a job. Time after praying about a job. Now, I'm not saying not to pray. 
You pray. But after you've prayed, what, what do you do? You've prayed and then you just, you just got your cell phone in your pocket and just walk around. No! Go knock on some doors and tell them that the king of glory has come. Amen. Okay, what is the worst thing that can happen? Listen, look at this mad person. Get out of here. We are, we are saying it about Donald Trump. Crazy lunatic. Everybody said this man is crazy. He's a madman. And I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, as I watch the guy, I'm learning. It, it, I'm not talking about, I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that I support the things he's saying. Or all the, that's not what I'm saying. But the temperament, the temperament, it, it, the, the ability, the courage to go across the grain and say, everybody's doing this way, I'm going this way. That's the way God moves. That's where God moves. And you and I must be willing and ready to take risks. That's the only way you're going to find God in this equation. So you're looking for a job, you're looking for a job, you pray about it, and then you sit down, you wait for the phone to ring. Excuse me? Knock on some doors. You'll be amazed at what God will do because before you knock on that door, he's going ahead of you. He's going ahead of you. Too many of us are waiting on God and God is waiting on us. That's the issue. That's the issue. What are you believing God for? What's the action? What's the seed? The action seed you're going to sow for that thing? Now, when I say seed, I'm not, don't start thinking money. It's not just all about money. That's not what I mean. But, 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 but you, 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 if, when you're praying, pictures come to your mind. Pictures come to your mind. The word of God is a container, and the container paints pictures. So the picture that comes to your mind, execute it. God spoke to Abraham, Genesis 17. Circumcise your house. Now, the man is 99 years old. It would have been easy for him to assume that God is saying, children are come from here and from now on. Did he take that chance? No. No. He didn't. He cut everybody up. From himself to Ishmael, was starting everybody. God, the ministry of the knife. <laughs> This is the key. This is the, what, what, what we're talking about here is, now let's go to the book of Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. Verse 11. Acts 3, 11. Now, as the lame man was he, no, no, let me, let's start from verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. 
And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Now, let, let me just throw this in. We need, we need to pray that God will send the right kind of people around us. These guys, that were carrying these guys, were enablers of codependency. They just carried him to go and beg. They didn't preach to him. They didn't encourage him. They didn't share anything with him. Say, ah, you're a beggar. Let's, let's consolidate your position. Every day, we volunteer to carry you to the temple and just beg. Okay? Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for arms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, no, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. The guy was looking for $10, $20, or whatever it is. He was looking for some money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Come on. This is the same Peter a few days earlier that just denied Jesus. Now, in this passage, boldness came upon him. He didn't play it safe. Now, you have to remember, you have to understand what the setting here is. This is the temple where the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders were there. And so if, this, if, if nothing had happened here and the news got that Peter tried to do this and nothing happened, Peter's neck would have been on the, on the, on the gluttony uh, cut off. But the point I'm making is this man, Peter and John, just received something. They just got baptized in the Holy Ghost a few days earlier. Maybe they've been going to this temple God knows how many years, seeing the same man every day, but now it's time to get out of the boat of comfort and safety. They saw the guy and said, silver and gold, this is what you're looking for? I don't have, but I'm going to give you something better than that. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the guy rose up. How many people come to church every Sunday that may need a touch from God? And you may be the Jesus to bring that touch to them. But we've relegated that duty to somebody behind the desk. Not recognizing that every one of us have like precious faith. Every last one of us carry the same unction, the same power. And I'm saying to us, as we try to make the transition to radically believe, begin to use what you have. Begin to use it. Begin to use it. Peter did. This was the first time Peter would take the initiative to do anything like this. Before now, Jesus would say, go, and he would go. But all of a sudden, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and realized, you know what? I have God in me. And they began to go out. And things began to happen. 
I believe that's the same thing God wants to see happen for us. Let's read that scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter one. Verse one. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So you see, what you and I have is the exact same thing that Jesus had. In fact, that was the prayer that uh, Paul prayed to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1. When he talked about the power that's within us, the exceeding great power. And then he defined it, that it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the thing about this power is, it does not, the, the, I shall describe this. It's like a car battery. You have a battery in your car. It won't just start itself. You have to ignite it. And then it, it responds. So what I'm saying to us is, it's in us, you and I must ignite it, and then it responds. It responds. Amen? Anybody has any questions tonight? I don't want us to be like Zechariah. He prayed, but he was not looking for an answer. And when the answer came, it shocked him, and he did not believe it. Jesus taught us that prayer, the prayer of faith, is a now thing. It's a present tense thing. That's why Hebrews 11 one describes faith as uh, now faith. Yes, sister, it's the substance of things hoped for. Yes, dear. Since we all have a measure of faith in us, how about those that have gift of faith? Do they have more, or does it, is, is it based on how much they have exercised that measure of faith? That is a very good question. I have to think about that one. That is, no, seriously, that's a very good question. Because as born again believers, all of us have that measure of faith. But then, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gift of faith. The gift of faith versus the measure of faith. Wow. Any thought on that? Anybody has any thought on that? I, had, I need to think about that. That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. The gift of faith. Without, without, without digging, without searching, I would want to say that the gift of faith operates totally, completely independent of me as an individual. It's a gift. It's a gift. Now, the other, the other, one, is not that, the other one is also a gift, but it's not, it's, it's not in the same way. How can, I, how, can I, how can I put this? I think the gift of faith, I don't initiate it. Because the Holy Spirit gives it as he wills. So there will be an inspiration from the Holy Spirit about that particular situation and I can move in it. And, and that's why with the gift of faith, 
I may not be able to activate that every second, every minute, every, every day. It's a gift. But with the faith that's resident in me, it's a totally different thing because that's a, that's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a measure of faith. So, so that is faith that I, I can use on a daily basis. In fact, that's a scripture. I, I can't go to that now. Mm. I think I better do so. Luke chapter 17. I was going to do this during the uh, relationship advance, but let's, let's, let's go there. This ve- what I'm about to read may very well be the reason many of us do, are not able to walk in manifestation. Watch this. Luke chapter 17. Very good question. Luke 17. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and it were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, look at the apostle's response, verse 5. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. Now, what's the point we're making here? This is the only time when the disciples asked Jesus to increase our faith. And Jesus did not say to them, yes, I will, or whatever. No, he didn't give them any condition for faith being increased. What he said to them is, if you have faith as the seed of a mustard seed, it's enough. It's not the quantity of faith that's the matter, it's the quality of it and how you execute faith. But the important point I want to make here is this. Many of us, this is huge, 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 huge. Many of us look to exercise faith to get a job, to get a healing, to get a blessing, to work a miracle, and those things are good and they are in play. But what Jesus was saying is, you need to use your faith every day. Every day with your brother, they offend you. How do you, how do you resolve it? By faith. I don't feel like resolving it. I'm still mad like a snake. I'm offended by what he or she did. You need to, you need to believe God. And use the God solution in that matter. If you can't do that, you want to one relationship, you want to tackle cancer? Are you kidding me? Hello? If husbands cannot walk by faith with their wives or vice versa, wives to their husbands, parents to their children, children to their parents, in our interrelationship dealings, if we cannot use faith, believing God to resolve conflict and to walk in love and to move in the spirit of God, how in the world are you going to use faith to heal a headache? This is the basic of things. That's what Jesus is saying. Do you get it? And the disciples said, we need faith for this. Increase our faith. I don't know if you guys understand what I just explained. 
Your faith will not work in the marketplace if it's not working in your house. Because we live in, in, in communities, and it is in that community that we practice our faith. So when I'm practicing faith in the community, when there's a need now for me to trust God for bigger things, it's easy. So you guys got a sneak preview to February. Relationship advance. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. But does that make sense? Is that a huge leap? Do you see that in the scriptures? This guy, when, but that Jesus said, if the guy offends you sometimes a day, or repents sometimes a day, forgive him. Oh, increase our faith. <laughs> they saw it. This is a huge faith walk. Because if you don't get that right, you can forget cancer or diabetes or hypertension or a miracle. You can do it. Because the same faith that brings that is what brings this. It's like, it's like climbing a ladder. You can't omit wrong number one and two and three and jump on number four. You fall down. Okay? So, to Sister Nkoyo's point, the faith of God that's in us is what we use for daily transaction. A transaction within our community, our families, our friendship, our jobs, our businesses. Wherever you find yourself. Because everything you do with one another is by faith. The Bible says, whoever knows to do good and does not do it, to him what? It's sin. And that whatever is not of faith is sin. Scripture is very clear on that. So all of us will have ample opportunity to walk in faith tonight. Tonight, by the time you get home, your husband, your wife, your children. You, ha you have plenty of chance to walk by faith. Absolutely. And if you flunk that one, excuse me, don't go to the office tomorrow and try to walk in faith. That's what happens. This is the foundation right there. Many people are defeated from home before they get out. Because they ignore this and say, well, I can ignore my wife, my husband, my children. Just ignore this totally, but get to the arena. Hey, hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. The devil say, look at this, look at this guy. <laughs> well, I saw you when you left your house. Yeah. This is it. If you, if you really are serious in walking faith, that's it. Luke chapter 17. First four verses. Make sure it's working with you, with you and your family. And think about how our families will change if we really practice this. When your wife offends you, and rather than blow your fuse, fuse or destroy, destroy the TV, you, you talk peace. Not because you feel peace, but because you know that the word of God is whatever what settled in heaven. <laughs> Hello? I hope I didn't mess you guys up tonight. <laughs> I did, I did increase our faith. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Any other question? You had a question, Pastor Charles? I just heard uh, the 
Because it's important, the point you made when we started. You yeah. said often the thing that rubs us as a manifestation of our miracles is the limitation of what we see. That a lot of us are, are so gifted with sight that we're really blind. Oh, I like that. What we see has made us blind. Man, that's uh, In Luke 17, yes. I, I just, it says now it happened as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the uh, uh, midst of um, Samaria, Samaria and Galilee. Yes. Then as he entered a certain village, then um, basically was his encounter with lepers. Ten lepers, yes. Ten lepers. <clears throat> and in verse 14 it says, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. It's important to remember that this implies that at the time Jesus spoke the word, the power to cleanse was there. Absolutely. But the physical manifestation had not come. No. But it was as they went in faith. Correct. I imagine that if those lepers had said, well, nothing has happened to my physical circumstances. Correct. This Correct. man doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't know what he's talking about. Correct. I'm not going anywhere. I'm Correct. going to stay put because nothing has happened to me physically. Correct. But it's important that we are active participants through our faith Amen. in our, the manifestation of our miracles. And just at the, as Peter experienced Jesus by stepping out on that water Absolutely. at his word, yes. these lepers experienced God by stepping out in faith at his word. Absolutely. Ignoring what their senses and their eyes were telling them. Absolutely. And so for us, it's important to, be, to reiterate again what you said, that the power to perform is in the word when it is spoken. Absolutely. We cannot emphasize that enough. Because again, to his point, and to the scriptures, when Jesus told those guys they were healed, leprosy was still on them. They cool like they could have said easily, oh, what 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 which prophet is this one? And just sit down and say, well, I'm not going anywhere. And they will still be lepers still today. I'm telling you, that's where we miss it. We need to be quickened up. Look at Abraham. For crowd loud. God said, Go offer your son. And the Bible told us clearly the man did not confer with Sarah. Because if he did, I don't think, they, I think, I don't think Sarah will. <laughs> I don't think Sarah will have allowed him to go. <laughs> Talk to the Holy Ghost. I let the Holy Ghost tell you. <laughs> no, but seriously. And the man immediately, early in the morning, he got out and, and went and did it. Everything I'm seeing in scripture is immediate quick, just take that baby step. Take that baby step. Take that baby step and let God confirm his word. And I'm certain he's eager to do so. He really is. He really is. Folks, the world is waiting for us. The world, the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. All those guys that you work with, they are depressed, they have all kinds of issues going on, they just need a word. Don't be afraid. Open your mouth and let God fill your mouth. Don't even think of, okay, let me get this script. What will I say when I open my mouth? Once you start thinking like that, you've allowed your five senses to interfere with what God wants to do. Just, open, just 
Be vulnerable. Yes. Be vulnerable. We need a prayer, and I'm praying that prayer that God should open our spiritual understanding, spiritual you know eyes, and hear. Because I'm trying to touch somebody, and the day, the first day I attend, was an older warrior. Uh, Diane said something. He said, "There's a thing that you cannot handle. It's only God who can handle it." So I'm putting the person now that God. Open her spiritual understanding. Open her spiritual understanding is as the same as what we are saying now. Yeah, the Lord said the word. You are here, but you need to move forward. That faith, you need to increase in it. That's my prayer now. And when you don't love, God cannot hear your prayer. Whether they love you or they don't love you, you need to love them. I'm putting that in, also in prayer. Amen. So I believe what you are saying is true. If I want something, I don't get it, I go in prayer and say, God, touch that person. Touch that person. And I'm seeing God's hand. So, God bless you. Amen. Good. So, are we going to practice some, are we going to practice what tonight? Yes. No, really? So, you can bring back tes testimonies. It works. Don't be concerned about how much faith you have or don't have. We ha you have the measure. And the best way for me to explain that is, if I give two of you a gift certificate for Nordstrom's or Nima Marcos, $1,000 each gift certificate. It's the same, right? Same value. Okay, so coach goes out and buys a Happy Meal for $9. Ah. <laughs> <Spend everything>. <laughs> <laughs> but Sister Edith here, very sophisticated, she goes to uh, Nima Marcos and buys a four coat for $800. $800. Now, does that mean that she has more than he? No. no. They both have the same thing. He's only used his for a small portion. But that does not mean that's all he has. Okay? So what I'm saying to us is we all have the same measure. The difference is how big you step out and trust God to see big things happen. Amen? So Father, we thank you tonight. That will not just be hearers only, but doers of the word. Thank you for that which is on our hearts right now. We receive the wherewithal. You say it's you that's at work in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you that what you are saying to us right now, you are giving us opportunity to step up and take baby steps so that we will see the manifestation of your goodness in our life. Thank you, Father God, that our natural senses will not shut down what you've started and put in motion in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Our eyes are opened. We see you in the realm of the Spirit, and we see your blessings upon our lives, and we appropriate them by faith, the faith of the Son of God that's at work in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.